Hey, hold it there, hold it there, hold it there. Is Does anybody have the rest of the lyrics to that? Deck the halls with Boston Charlie, Walla Walla Wash and Kalamazoo. Norman's freezing on the trolley. Da 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 da. I could think for it. That's uh, Walt Kelly wrote that, right? That's a famous pogo thing. Deck the halls with Boston Charlie. Walla Walla Wash and Kalamazoo. Norman's freezing on the trolley. Oh, listen, uh, for those of you who are uh, hung up on facts, uh, incidental trivia type stuff, we have a bit of information here. If uh, you're having Christmas card problems, and I, I just uh, don't have that problem. I, I gave up sending any type of Christmas card some time ago. I don't. I'm me and the Ebenezer Stooge. We just walk around and say, bah, humbug. Yeah, well, it's not that I'm against Christmas. It's just I'm a tight garment. I mean, I, I walk around, I don't send Christmas cards. And for the benefit of those of you who are, you know, hung up on facts, Christmas cards, the first Christmas card was engraved by Louis Prang at Roxbury, Mass. When do you think the first Christmas card was sold? Ever. What would you guess? 1967, would you say? Uh, I mean, let's face it, uh, nobody has a memory that goes past, at the very outside, 1965, in this year. Nobody nobody wants to concede. 
remember anything. Because the more you admit you remember, the more you concede that time has passed in your life. If you could possibly arrange it so you couldn't remember yesterday, you would have been born full-blown this morning. And everyone could see you're the youngest guy, and they sit around there, oh, Henry's, flipping for the martinis. But so, you know. <laughs> but uh, seriously, friends, the first Christmas card was engraved by Louis Prang, which is an unfortunate name, at Roxbury, Mass., in 1874. 1874, for export to England. Uh, they did not sell them here in America in those days. They were only sold, they came back to America then and were sold to the American trade the following year in 1875. Louis tried them out on the English marks. They went over pretty good. That was back in the days 1874. That was when uh, Charles Dickens was writing. You know, Dickens, he's the guy that, that created the greatest the Christmas character of them all outside of uh, Santa Claus. That would have to be Ebenezer Stooge, wouldn't it? Yeah, and his uh, partner, uh, uh, Barley. What was the first name of, uh, of his partner? Anybody know the first name? Remember Barley walking around with it, rattling his chains? He was a ghost. Don't you remember that? Sure. Well, what, uh, what was his first name? He had a first name. And what was the name of, of Ebenezer Stooge's sister? Aha! There's a piece of Christmas trivia. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's right. Fine. Thank you. That's right. Mr. Barley has just come in with a piece of mincemeat pie here. For a celebration goes on continuously here. You know, the one thing that makes sets New York apart from all the rest of the country is that it begins, and this is a corporate uh, celebration, it begins celebrating in its offices, oh, I would say, late in October, uh, the celebration for the holidays begin. They will not peter out until sometime around the middle of March. And uh, <laughs> in the meantime, of course, the bottles are collecting in the bottom of the air shaft. We've got 12 million Seagram Benchmark bourbon bottles out there. You know, oh, it's just a great time. And uh, we're getting those uh, lyrics, though, so in just a moment we'll, we'll uh, sing those carols for you. You know, this is our last show before uh, before Christmas, you know, it's Friday. And uh, the Christmas spirit is upon us. And as, as you probably notice, slob art has just marched to... So, the Ferrari in the bedroom, my newest epic, which, by the way, will be reviewed publicly the 5th of January. That's the pub date. Will be in... Is now, again, I repeat, is in all the bookstores all over the country. In this area, you know, they're all of the major bookstores, the H Street Bookstore, Womrath, uh, A&S, Wanamaker, Bloomingdale's, uh, Macy's, Gimbel's, the whole smooth, Corvettes, all of them. So you go in and you say, I want the Ferrari in the bedroom by Gene Shepard, published by Dot Mead, and you'll start the great rush. The great rush past the uh, Snoopy counter. Now, this is W.O.R. New York, of course. What was that? She just put up a sign that said 8. What? What? Oh, well, wait a minute. We're, 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 I'm not going to choose the first one that calls. It's just we're going to see what the... Where, you, you, is that okay? You think that's a goodie? All right. Here we've got a symbolic listener. Put up your... No, no, is it 8 or 9, hon? 8. All right. Let's see the symbolic... Li hello. Oh, hello. I don't know how you got chose... But, uh-huh? <laughs> well, that's no reason. <laughs> Some people just sit out there with their finger on the phone button, you know. 
Uh, hello, listener. You are a symbolic listener. All right, would you please uh, put this... Uh, would you uh, Edward, please? Uh, uh, hello, can you do it? Yeah, hello, listener. Yeah. Uh, you are a symbolic listener, right? Does it matter that I'm Jewish? No, it does not at all. Of course not. I said, no, there are no boundaries whatsoever. Now, the point is, you are a symbolic listener, correct? Right. And you represent who? I represent the human race. That's right, everybody. And uh, you're standing up now in, 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 uh, in your room there in front of the radio, right? That's right. And you're standing at attention? Yes, with a flag, too. Very good. Now, would you please look directly at the voice coil of your radio? Right. Right. All right, now, I... From, uh, I do this now, symbolically, for all listeners everywhere. Personally, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Same to you, Mr. Shepard. Thank you very much, Mr. Listener, and you're a splendid person. <laughs> Thank you. Now, wasn't that a nice little ceremony? I've already done the break. You just haven't heard it. You want me to do it again? Oh, I don't care. This W.R. New York. I'll do another one. W.R. New York. <laughs> W.O.R. New York. O-W-O-O-O-R-W-O-O-O-R The big old Santa Claus on 7th and yo-ho-ho And a ring-a-ding-ding Ho-ho-ho-ho with a bag of goodies Ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho-ho We are W-O-O-R-R New-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo Fun City, New York Hey, did you get that, baby? Okay. Diddy-diddy good. Now, uh, we have one more commercial. Well, we have two more, so we... one more. One more commercial. Do you have uh, the, the little shoe town? Niggling hit it, Edward. Now, the continuing adventure oh, of this Two Town's own Super Shoes. Super Shoes. Return to the exciting case of the gang that stole Santa. <laughs> there he is, Super Shoe, right down there. Great Scott, Super Shoe. Oh, I told you Super Shoe would find you. Hey, come back here, you coward. Come on, boss, run. Hey, what's Super Shoe doing? Hey. Good shot, Super Shoe. What was in those boxes? Over 25,000 pair of first quality, famous brand shoes from the best-known manufacturers mm. in America and abroad. And all of them He's are priced out of character. the prices you used to pay mm. for the exact same shoes. Well, that's saying something. You tell him, Santa. Thank you, Santa. That was just so exciting. We are very, very grateful that you did that little drama for us. Man, right now, shoe towns in New York and New Jersey, except Ocean and Mercer counties, have famous stretch totes for just three forty-nine. dollars Stretch totes. And uh, they're, uh, they're slightly irregular, but the imperfections are so small that you will never find them. They're only three forty-nine. They regularly sell for six bananas. Shoe Town, the division of Fellsway Corporation. Yeah, it's very good. See, that was, I feel cleansed now, having uh, said uh, Merry Christmas to the symbolic listener out there. And he accepted it well. Did you hear him, Matt? Stood right up there, pulled in his gut, walked right up to the field coil. Looked right in there. Voice coil, excuse me. Oh, deck the halls with flaws. Now, uh, Ed, we have something uh, very special to do here tonight. This is part of our vast uh, Christmas public service programming, and uh, it is this, a last-minute shopping hint. Uh, it's uh, getting right down to the wire, last-minute shopping hints, and for those of you out there, you know, for a long time now, uh, for at least two or three weeks, our shopping hints have been for people of moderate means who uh, walk through life, uh, you know, scrabbling and scrabbling for a buck here and there, and they're barely making it work. But then there's the other people. Very rarely are uh, Christmas hints given for those who are on the other end of the scale, and they have a tough time buying Christmas time. I'm speaking of the very wealthy, the affluent, the truly affluent among us. I'm sure that some of you are in that category. And they have a difficult time because 
All of their friends are, of course, in the same boat. They have plenty of cabbage. And it's not easy to find something for a friend who has everything, plus everything, plus, again, everything, everything. So tonight, as part of our vast public service programming, we bring you two helpful hints, last-minute shopping suggestions for the truly affluent. Ed, uh, would you please give me a little Mozart to accompany this, please? Mozart somehow fits Christmas so well. And uh, this particular recording of Mozart, which I usually play at holiday time for my own enjoyment, my own edification, is a recording of my Aunt Clara, a magnificent slide whistle player. From the time she was a small child, my Aunt Clara used to sit in front of the radio and play along with the New York Philharmonic, the Chicago Symphony, and anything else she could find on the radio, including the Hoosier Hot Shots. And she got particularly good at Mozart in their later days of her career. This was recorded by my Uncle Charles on a number 12D Sears Robot tape recorder. That's the one with the push-button carbon mic. Please bring that God, she's good on it. I'll put you there. And now, here's a handy hint for the truly affluent. Uh, this, uh, I suspect, might uh, answer the question that many of you have been asking. What shall I give her? Number 12A in the catalog, this natural ranch-raised crown Russian sable in the fabulous 33-inch tape model is quite possibly the finest natural sable in existence anywhere in the world, certainly the finest we have seen in our 83 years in trade. From our 1972 natural sable collection, which we genuinely believe is the largest in the world, this magnificent tape sells for a mere $42,000. As to have it flown to you at office or home for your personal inspection, just call the Neiman Marcus store nearest you. $42,000, of course, does not include the sales tax. However, Neiman Marcus does give green stamps with all of its purchases. And now for that little soup song, the, un the undoubtedly most original gift of the year for those of your friends who not only have everything that are damn well nearly totally in love with themselves. The most personal present possible. You. Give your friends you this year. A marvelous gift. Full-dimensional, life-size, reasonable sculptured facsimiles of you or your favorite other person with their permission. Our constantly affable sculptured companions are programmed to laugh as long as you like at your jokes or say yes in any language you choose at the touch of a remote control button. You might let them take your place at long meetings or dull parties, or simply to keep your spouse company in your absence. If a light portable replica should begin to sound less enthusiastic, plug in the accompanying cord to give it a real charge and re-record your wonderful little beau maws, the little jokes that you like to tell around the fireside. Please specify whether you'd like a seated or a standing you. For full details, call the following number. The price, exclusive of fashion, shown in the models in the picture. And, incidentally, the sculpture's airfare to the place where the sculpture will be done is a flat $3,000, including extra tapes. Hold it there, Ed. <laughs> it was very good. And by the way, we have a note that says, Reggie Duncan says, Merry Christmas to all the listeners. 
little kid called in, says, Reggie Duncan says, Merry Christmas. Alfie, too. Also, David Sola. And uh, a couple of other guys out there. <laughs> well, it's Christmas time with that. You know, I, I kind of like the idea, though, of, 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 I think, since we're living in the age now, you agree, don't you, Ed, that we're living in the days of the total ego? Wouldn't you admit that, that most people's most profound love affair is with themselves in this year? I, I, I think that's a fact. I mean, uh, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making no value judgment. I'm merely pointing it out for future generations, for posterity when they hear this tape. This is the way it is now. It may not be the way it is in the year 2300, but now, this year, it is a fact. And I can't imagine a more genuine expression of your total ego than to give a life size model of yourself to one of your friends. There it is. I'm not kidding. It's a life-size model of you. Can you imagine that? It's really grotesque. And they're really serious. See it, Ed? Can you see it there? There's a, that's a family group, apparently. <laughs> and and uh, you, underneath the picture of it, it's just an elegant group of these, these artificial people all sitting around a fireplace and... Uh, Two women and two men. And, uh, yeah, they're looking very elegant. They're all dressed to the nines. Yeah, well, it's kind of nice. Uh, you like the fashions they're dressed in? They're dressed uh, in true Neiman falling in love with his own image. And uh, finally, one day, the hippopotamus is found down on the riverbank. They're working over a big mound of mud. And another hippopotamus standing off to one side in the reeds says, what's, what's the Clarence doing? And he's talking to a thinner sort of hippopotamus, a worried-looking one. He says, what's Clarence doing over there? You know what I'm saying? He's working at his, he's making a statue. He's making a statue? A statue? Yeah. He's uh, making a statue of a hippopotamus. Well, it was the first hippopotamus that <laughs> became conscious of the... <laughs> of hippopotamus-ness-ness-ness-ness. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, what's a, it's a kind of a move. It would be a turning point in the hippopotamus world. It would. And I suspect that that was the turning point in man's world. Uh, that the man at one time, you know, was just down there with the rest of the animals. It's hard to believe, but there was a time when he used to, you know, scrabble around with the, with the weasels and the mice and the giraffes and all the rest of them, you know, for a square meal. He, and he was no better and no worse than the rest. Uh, sometimes he won, sometimes he lost. And like all the other animals in the animal world, he, from time to time, provided a fair meal for another animal. When he, in turn, man, would eat, uh, you know, just give and take. You know how it is in nature. The strong always devoured a weak, and the man was not particularly strong. So he was quite often devoured. So he had to, uh, to survive and become uh, the first guy to step on the moon and the first guy to invent uh, polyester stretch pants. He had, to, uh, he had to get crafty, which is what he did. And uh, all, all the while, though, he was not aware of being man, you know, the, the word man. In fact, you, you, it's hard to conceive of the fact, but it is quite true, that a squirrel does not know he is a squirrel. He has not even the word like that, squirrel, in his vocabulary. It's only man. Well, Jerry Cochran wishes us a Merry Christmas. Kirk McAlhern, too. Stephen, Reggie's brother, Duncan, says, Merry, Merry Christmas. Also, Billy Murphy. And Conway Tweedy says, Merry Christmas to his pals, Chester and Thurber, and to all kids everywhere. <laughs> By the way, they said kids have a natural affinity for guinea pigs. Do you agree with that, Nick? 
vice, and vice versa, natural affinity, and Conway Tweedy passes along Merry Christmas to his pals Chester and Thurber, who are two guinea pigs. So Thurber's a bit bow-legged, but outside of that, it's not a bad guinea pig. And to all kids, wherever they might be. And that's kind of great. I like that. Anybody else out there want to wish Merry Christmas to the world in general? We're ready. Anybody else uh, got a guinea pig that would like to say Merry Christmas? Hey, has anybody got a guinea pig out there? Right there, right by the phone. Get get your guinea pig to the phone, and we would like to hear your guinea pig uh, squeal his Merry Christmas. Lee is a great guinea pig imitation. Would you give us a... Listen, listen to Lee's guinea pig. Watch this. Come on. Wait a minute. Okay. Do that again, please. Very good. <laughs> hey, what's the other sound that guinea pigs make? Oh, all right. It's kind of a nutty show here tonight. You don't mind. No, no, this isn't... Uh, this is not exactly the uh, Eric Severide show, but uh, we may be getting closer to the truth than Severide ever did, ever does. Uh-oh, we're just getting another message. Uh, please, Lee, what is it, another message coming in? Great. Uh, well, you know, this this whole idea of uh, presenting your friends with yourself. <laughs> I can't you imagine everybody sitting around a Christmas tree, see? There's that great big package over there. And it's six foot two. You know, that's a tremendous package. <laughs> and everybody's singing, you know, deck the halls with Boston Charlie. Time to open a present. Hooray! And everybody starts ripping a present, you know. And the usual presents, they get all, you know, the average yeah, stuff, the plastic-handled imitation elk's tooth, the uh, automatic electric knife and all that jazz. And everybody's yipping and hollering. And finally, Sheila decides she's going to open her big package, the one that's over there by the... Christmas tree. She said, I wonder what's in this. And, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you find yourself walking sideways against the heavy wind, and uh, you need a few belts to bring you out. Uh, they're, they're, uh, you know, I'll tell you a funny thing about that Christmas, though. This, uh, Christmas is a tense time for most people because they all feel this is the final year. They're really going to fail. You, know, you always feel like you're really going to flop on your, you know what, and uh, you walk around and uh, I live down the village, and you walk around down the village. Everybody's usually pretty cool in the village, you know? Yeah, you know, they're walking up down the 8th Street, man, they're on top of it. And they, you, know, you hear the beads rattling the whole bit, and you can smell the pot blowing out of the pads down there. But what happens around Christmas time, they suddenly get real wild because they're really uptight because everybody's got a mother somewhere, you know, and everybody's, you know, all of a sudden, the fact that he is part of the human race has crept in and is unmistakable. And he's a little nervous about it. You see guys who don't go into places like this from one year to the next. You know, they're wandering in there in a jewelry store. The guy's looking real nervous. He doesn't know what the hell to look at, you know. No, no it's, it's really a great sight. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only place that, uh, the only place where you feel everybody's on top of it is in a liquor store. Oh, yeah, I was in a liquor store. Nobody looked nervous. Everybody knew exactly what he wanted. Guy walks in there, points over, Jim Beam, I want a quart. <laughs> gift wrap it. And you can see who was going to get the gift. You know, he, he was ready to go out there, you know, and tear that. Because when you have, when you go in and order something like that, so you, you always pretend it for somebody else. Then you run around the, you know, you run around the parking lot back there and you open it up. Just try it. I want to see it's good. You know, I don't want to give Fred any bad Jim Beam. Yeah, the, the reports are coming in. <laughs> you can't do it anymore, Lee. Okay, but you're trying. Did hey, did we hear did we hear from a guinea pig yet? Did you hear from any guinea pigs? 
Oh, we're waiting one? All right. Uh, Brian O'Connor wishes a Merry Christmas to everybody out there. And Swally Wally Cauliflower, too. Chris and Art wishes us a... ...has deepened and richened. And you look back and you think of this, this fantastic thing that you gave somebody. You ever... You ever, you ever uh, well, I, I, uh, I think... Uh, I think all of us have something like that in our head. Well, you're not, you're not giving them to me. You just seem to be talking. Tell them you can't talk to them on the phone there. <laughs> do I have to instruct you after all these years you can't do that? Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll better get in and see what's going on here. See what's up. Yeah, hello. Are you on the phone, Lee? All right, let's hear him again. Here goes the gerbil. Now, we're going to hear the guinea pig squeaking. Let's hear him. All right, get him up there by the phone. There he goes. There he goes. Okay. That's pretty good. Hey, what's his name? Huh? What's his name? Hey, aren't they great little animals? Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. <laughs> you, know, they're, you know what they're beat for? What? They're beat for a lot of love. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's their, their true creation. That's what they were created for, with a lot of love. I don't think they were created from anything else. That's a great name, by the way, Butterscotch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good luck. Sure. Hang in there, baby, and thanks. Great little guinea pigs. Here, we got another one. You got another guinea pig? Hello. Hi there. Oh, listen to those guinea pigs. Let's hear them. This is the largest, the horniest, the raunchiest guinea pig in New York City. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's, wait, hold it, hold it, baby. Wait, 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 wait. Can you hear me? I know. He's upstaging me. I am asking. No, you're not upstaging. You're just going on. Now, let me talk for a minute, will you? All right. Now, get your guinea pig up there next to... Right up. Here. Listen to him. Mm-hmm. Isn't that incredible? What a great guinea pig. He's deck the halls. What's his name? When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.